welcome to Talk to Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, Chief Executive Behavioral Health for Providence here in Oregon, and Chief Clinical Officer for Work to Be Well. Here with me today to discuss the importance of setting boundaries are two members of our National Student Advisory Council streaming in from the East and West Coast. Now, before we get started, I got to give you the disclaimer here as a reminder, the information provided in this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not intended, nor is it implied, to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Let's get started by having each of you introduce yourself, where you're from, and and why does this topic matter? Mohammed, kick us off. Hello, everyone. My name is Mohammed. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And this topic is important to me as I feel um, in present-day society, people aren't really aware of the importance of creating boundaries and thus it can uh, cause them some additional stress and anxiety. Perfect. Um, my name is Aralda Gutierrez. I'm from Hesperia, California. Um, I'm a rising senior this year. I think boundaries are incredibly important because it's it's an, oh gosh, <laughs> it's a way of setting a communication without, or establishing a connection without crossing a line. So, you know, when I'm thinking about boundaries, and, and it's, I'll admit, boundaries have been something that, uh, you know, in my professional life, I'm really good at. As a licensed psychologist, I'm, I'm really good at boundaries, but I'm not always so good at boundaries in my personal life. And, and I'm wondering, you know, where in, where in our lives do you think we need to set boundaries? What kind of things do we need to set boundaries on? I think we need to set boundaries in pretty much every aspect of our life. Um, importantly, school, uh, extracurriculars, and with our peers, um, other people we collaborate with. In the workplace, if you have a job, too, it's especially important there, as it can be very serious if you overstep um, boundaries there. And just boundaries in everyday conversations, I feel, is important, as you might um, be pressured to say something or do something that you don't feel comfortable with or doesn't align with your uh, values. I think Muhammad kind of hit the nail on the head, um, but the only thing I would necessarily add to that is I don't think boundaries are just exclusively an interper- interpersonal like issue. It can be within your work life to your home life or setting a boundary for yourself for mental health aside from homework. I know that's a huge issue for students right now in high school is separating their workload from their home life to have a good balanced mental health. Um, but yeah, it's important in any kind of connection that you have, whether that be your boss, your best friend, your mom, your dad, um, it's very important to establish boundaries. You know, you both mentioned setting boundaries at school. What would be some examples of some boundaries you might set at school? Um, I try to limit um, the workload that I do. So I focus on finishing as much as I can for homework at school um, and always dedicating myself at least an hour to two hours of personal time, whether that be my family, my friends, even just me time where I just get to lay in bed and de-stress and decompress from the day prior. Uh, that's a really great point to bring up, uh, balancing that work to home life um, and what you want to do personally. Also, I think with your peers at school in terms of like group projects and like helping each other, um, you don't want to feel like pressured and giving too many answers um, 
or ending up doing an assignment or a project for someone else, especially in group project situations where other people aren't doing as much work as they should be. And then it all falls on you to try and get it done, uh, which just creates extra stress. In that case, you should uh, create a boundary if that's telling your teacher what's happening or telling the other peers that, hey, I can't do all this by myself. You guys need to work. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to finish. Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up, Muhammad, because I've, I've heard my daughter complain about that sometimes where even in college, you know, you get the great work group project together and she'll end up being the only person carrying the water at the end of the day. It's it's tough to set those boundaries. What are some of the examples that you both have set for you in your life? I mean, I know I've got some examples of boundaries I've set in my life, but I'm curious what kind of boundaries you set in yours. I think the biggest one for me is just trying to think before I speak um, a lot of time and think before I like say yes to something. I try to really consider what is being asked of me and whether I can handle it or I even want to do it in the first place so that I don't end up doing a lot of things that I don't really feel up for it or I don't really enjoy doing, um, especially if people ask me for favors. If, if they're manageable, of course I'll do it. But if I feel like they're asking too much or if they don't really align with what I'm um, with what I value or am capable of doing. I try to like say I can't do this at the time at this time, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree with you, Muhammad. For me, I've personally struggled a lot with burnout. So even just having that very limited time that I have with myself, even with like my friends that, for example, have waited all day to talk to me and they're like, oh my gosh, Aralda, I can't wait to tell you about yada, yada, yada that happened at school today. I'm like, I need to set some time for myself to just think and decompress for myself. It's not that I don't want to talk to you. It's not that I don't want to hear your amazing story. I just need time to have my my brain kind of process everything. And the whole thinking before speaking thing is a huge issue for me because my first language is Spanish. And then I added braces to it, which I recently got. So <laughs> having... To, to process the things that I say before I actually blurt them out. You know, that's a really, really good point. All of us process things. You've got a lot of different processing issues in there, but all of us process things differently. And sometimes there are expectations that people have. I know for me, one of my big boundaries when I'm out speaking at a conference or something like that, I have to carve in time where I can just be away from the crowd, away from people away from even my friends that I'm hanging out with, because sometimes that can just overwhelm and overload and I get overstimulated and it's like, whoa, no, 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 no. Got to set some boundaries here and and maybe just hang out in a hotel room and, you know, order a burger. Uh, but I think one of the things that that we haven't really talked about are, are there physical boundaries that you set up? I mean, I, I hear a lot about the the mental types of boundaries. What kind of physical boundaries do you set with people? I mean, what about like personal space bubbles or things like that? I'll go ahead and start with this one. Um, as I've been in high school, which has been kind of limited due to the pandemic, but in person where you see these these relationships where you're kind of pressured into, oh, having your boyfriend give you a hug or putting his arm around your shoulder or whatever your partner may or may not do. I think people are very scared in a way to establish those connections in the fear that 
they might change how they perceive you or how they will treat you. Um, I was actually reading up on this. Um, I believe she's a psychologist. Um, no, sorry, a therapist. And she works on TikTok for helping people recover. And she said that the first step in recovery was actually setting boundaries with people. Um, and then she she mentioned something called a vibe force field, which is, you know, when you set a boundary with someone, they're not going to be happy because they're, you know, you're asking for something or you're you're asking something that's required of them on their part to partake in. Um, so they might start to get loud, talk faster, um, prove why they're right to you. But the thing is, you have to let them talk. And once they've kind of expressed their thoughts is come back to them is set that boundary, stay firm with that boundary. And if they go back to being loud, set that boundary again once they're done talking, because you at the end of the day have to be a little selfish in the fact that you have to keep those boundaries. Nice. You brought up a great uh, point there, Araldo, with uh, relationships in high school. Uh, everyone feels like they need to be touchy-touchy with everyone now, but I think COVID um, helped us realize the importance of having space, um, like admitting when you're like, hey, you're too close. Um, I don't feel comfortable. Uh, I, I'm just protecting myself from my health or the health of my family. I think that was an important lesson we all had to adjust to or adapt to during COVID. I also think other physical boundaries can be um, just like in, in your own home life to um, discussing like with like closed in some households, closed doors are a big issue. So um, just talking to your family about um, what, like why you want to close your door or if not, um, just explaining why you want to do something. And if your family uh, or parents have I said, just having discussions about that, I think that can be, um, help alleviate some uh, pressure and stress. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I had that issue with the closed door thing for a very long time because my mom would be like, well, what are you doing in there? Why do you need to have your door shut? And I was like, it causes me anxiety and I can't fully like focus on what I'm doing if I see that in the corner of my eye. Uh, maybe it's just a me thing, but I know a lot of people struggle with that as well. And um, with setting boundaries too, it doesn't have to necessarily be people your age or adults. Setting boundaries with your boss is kind of similar to setting boundaries with a kid because there's this, um, I forget what the name of it is, but it's this technique called red shoe green shoe, I think, where you give two options. So let's say your, your your boss comes up to you and he's like, I need you to work on Saturday, but you're not available Saturday. You give them the option. Well, I can't work on Saturday, which is you setting your boundary, not budging, but I can do extra hours during the weekday or I can come in on Sunday. So you're still keeping that boundary, but you're just maneuvering the situation so the other person feels like they have a say or control in that situation. I really like that option. And and I think that's a really great tool, super practical in terms of how you can implement a boundary with somebody. Um, I wonder, are there other tools that you have for implementing boundaries with people? Other recommendations you might make? None that I can think of off the top of my head. But for setting boundaries, you have to be very firm. You can't let people persuade you a certain way because the reason you're setting a boundary is because it needs to be set. And it's not saying something about the person you're setting the boundary to it's more of in protection of yourself and for your own mental well-being you need to set that and you shouldn't be persuaded otherwise just because you may feel bad about it 
I love your point, Aralda, about um, compromising with the red shoe, green shoe technique. I think that's a great thing so that so that neither side is too um, disappointed with a boundary. I also find that explaining why you're trying choosing to implement a certain boundary in your life, especially if it's with another person, um, helps a person understand more that rather than them being like, oh, so you think I'm this or you don't like me. It clears up any misconceptions and describes perfectly in a perfectly clear manner why you're setting this boundary and why you think it's beneficial to set that boundary. You know, I think COVID's given us some new opportunities. And Mohammed, you touched on this really, really briefly around the idea of having to set physical boundaries that protect your family. I ran into an old friend the other day who said first words out of her mouth. Are you a hugger? Is it okay if I give you a hug? Uh, And that was great. I mean, this is not something that I think pre-COVID people really thought about. People just would dive in whether you were ready for that hug or not. You know, they would just dive in. They were used to be expectations that when we greet someone, we shake hands and things like that. Those things have shifted and changed. And those expectations, especially around physical boundaries now, um, have become really different in the post-COVID world. I'm wondering, you know, how have you kind of integrated that at a point where, you know, you've talked a little bit, both of you have talked a little bit about relationships and how you determine whether you're going to hold hands or, or hug or whatever it is that you're going to do. How do you think COVID has impacted how you look at those physical boundaries? I'll go first because I've seen radical change in greetings that you mentioned that. Um, In my culture, usually when you go up to someone that you're family friends with, that you've known for a while, even that you're greeting them the first time, you always shake their hand and give them a kiss on the cheek with a hug. That's always been the norm. It's your tia, your tio, your neighbor across the street. That's, That's the way to greet people. But after COVID, my family... You know, I was I was going in for a hug because I haven't seen these people in forever. You know, you're excited. You're going into that normal routine of a hug and a kiss. But I was I was met with like an elbow as like a high five kind of thing to keep that kind of distance. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) that's different. Um, But now it's kind of a reminder of consent in a way. You don't know how the person's going to react. You don't know how they're going to feel about giving a hug and a kiss. Um, It may be different in other cultures, but it was just a reminder of a consent. And number two, you need to be safe around everyone around you because COVID has brought more attention to the safety of specifically elderly in in my case. Now, um, in Middle Eastern cultures too, that's definitely the same people are um, always giving hugs and kisses too when they're greeting each other. And it was interesting to see how people reacted during COVID. They're like, uh, people would joke about how like they couldn't do it, but I think COVID allowed them to actually like think and consider um, varying degrees of comfort. Um, like in the past, maybe germ- germaphobes were always too scared to like announce that they were uncomfortable with physical contact, especially with people they're meeting for the first time. But I think now uh, people are more uh, aware and open-minded about certain people not um, engaging in like the normal uh, physical greetings. Because even now there are still people who are concerned about COVID too. So uh, most people still are wary about whether, uh, so people ask because they don't know whether it is um, appropriate for them to do so. You know, another place that isn't necessarily as physical of a boundary, but another type of boundary comes with social media. 
and some of the boundaries we set uh, around social media. Um, what do you think about the boundaries in social media? How do you set boundaries in social media? What are some things you do? So social media opens us up to the entire world. Uh, basically, you're connected with it. And that has many, many advantages, but it also has its fair share of disadvantages. It makes you more vulnerable to cyberbullying. Uh, it makes you more exposable to certain people uh, who may have who may not have the greatest intentions too. So I think most people on like Instagram create like private accounts over who can see their posts. I think that's a great method to use. Um, and only like like who your friends are and who you allow to see your posts should only be people you're close with and who you're comfortable seeing it and who you'd want to see what you're doing online. I think that's, I mean, that's pretty much what I had to say as well. Um, I personally have private accounts just because I want to limit who sees and what they see, um, depending on if you're my close friend and you get this inside joke that I made, or um, it could be something greater that I just don't want strangers looking at my account for my own safety. Um, on top of that, if you guys have looked into TikTok, the app, they have these new um it's like a function that the, the app has where you can check who viewed your profile. And then I, less than a week ago, they added a like a monetization kind of thing where you can see how many times they viewed your video, who viewed your video, which specific video it was. And it's gotten very, very detailed to the point where it's scary. When I view my friend's like Instagram page or in this case, TikTok video, um, it kind of lets them know and seeing the pattern of who views it could let them set a boundary if it was a dangerous case of a stalker. Cause I've, I've seen my friend have to go through that. I also think with the topic of social media, it's important to address cyberbullying and how to create boundaries with that. Uh, I think if you ever experience any form of cyberbullying, you should like immediately um, talk to an adult if it's in school, talk to an administrator at the school, alert them that this is happening so that it doesn't continue on and address the person who is causing the cyberbullying. Be like, I'm going to speak with person XYZ. I'm going to tell them that this happened. So if you don't stop, there will be consequences. So I think it's important to right off the bat set those boundaries. And if it's not someone in your school, uh, you could always contact, um, if it, it gets to a certain serious degree, contact your parents, uh, maybe even police so that they can help uh, with this. And even like in that case, you should always block that person so that they can't, so that they can no longer contact you. And what's very like deeply scary about cyberbullying is that they could always remain anonymous and always create another account. And even with those functions within, let's say, TikTok, where you can see people's accounts, you don't always necessarily know that person. It's not like you can decipher who it is right away. They could always change their phone number, use another device. Um, so that's why those private accounts I personally find are key to avoid that sort of situation. Now, I think that's really good advice. I, I think sometimes people forget you don't have to let everybody into your social media. You can set boundaries with your social media. You can, uh, it takes a little bit of work and it takes some conscious effort, but if somebody is, you know, cyberbullying, if somebody's, I've had situations where, especially when we were talking about the vaccine, because uh, I've got a public profile, um, when we were talking about the vaccine, people would come in and people I knew would make extraordinarily negative comments. And after a while, it gets to the point where, you know, I don't really want that in my feed and, and I'm going to get you out of here uh, because it's just 
it's one thing to disagree and have a difference of opinion, but it's another thing when it becomes harassing and, and really, really, really negative. That's where those boundaries become super important in social media. In interpersonal um, connections as well, you can see that. Um, I had to stop talking to a few of people, like a few people or friends, I guess, ex-friends, you could say, um, because they had crossed a certain boundary. I remember I was in my science class and I was speaking with my friend Denise and she spoke fluent Spanish like I did. And she was from the same state from where my parents are from. So we were kind of relating to like our history, talking about, oh, you know, this place I do too. Like, that's so crazy. And as we're conversing in Spanish, this kid comes up to us and he's like, this is America, speak English. And he walks away from us. And I was previously very, very close with him. I had shared a lot of my personal stories with him. Um, but since I don't talk to him and I think it was very firm of me to not just laugh it off, I had to set that boundary to show that's not okay. Because I think a lot of people now in the day, like now in the day, just kind of step over that boundary and just, oh, it's a joke. It was, it was funny. It was meant to be funny. It was a joke. Um, but at some point you have to put your foot down. And I think that's another thing, uh, COVID helped teach us was how to deal with differences in opinion and how to um forget about people when it turns into harassment as you said dr robin like i, I was um there were facebook groups that my mom would share with me sometimes of people like it, there was a school group um with parents from that school who would just tear each other apart about school policies during covid and these people were like friends they knew each other they would take their kids to the same baseball games and then they were just over uh the vaccine and the crisis public health crisis they were just they were calling each other names they were uh, attacking, it was terrible to see. And that caused um, my mom to leave that group because it was such a toxic environment. And I think it served as a valuable lesson for me too, that it's okay to have differences in opinion, but if it turns into that level of derogatory comments about yourself, not just your opinions, it's necessary to set boundaries and to take yourself away from that situation, which is a boundary that everyone talks about. People usually think that setting a boundary is like pushing walls around yourself. Sometimes it's just taking yourself out of a certain situation or a room with other people to, to help protect yourself. Yeah, that's perfectly said. Um, with toxic friendships, you have to set sort of emotional boundaries because I've had friends in the past um, mention topics that they know I don't do well with or mm -hmm. them talking bad about other people or even yourself too. Um, you don't want to put yourself in that situation and you have to step and put your foot down and be like, that's not okay. You shouldn't talk to anyone that way, much less, you know, the way that you're talking about them. Those are, those are tough boundaries. I mean, we're in kind of those types of boundaries that, that make people do what both of you have touched a little bit on, which is just kind of laugh it off or whatever. Why do you think people are reluctant to set boundaries, especially when people hurt them? I think it's because people are afraid of the consequences, uh, if, especially if it's with another person or how their relationship might be affected. They'll be like, oh, this person will think I hate them or I don't like them anymore or I don't like this about them. Um, but in fact, setting boundaries can often help save relationships or improve them uh, in the long run because it creates more stability. It creates more trust. It helps show that other people are willing to compromise and be like, oh, sorry, that 
uh, this makes you feel uncomfortable. I'll try not to talk about this topic anymore. I'll, I'll try not to do this rather than just having people assume that you're okay with it. And then you getting hurt from it and them not knowing. And then it causes a whole lot more tension and drama than needs to be. As Muhammad had stated, um, context within the boundary you're setting is so important. It's vital because you're giving them a little bit of backstory of why you're setting the boundary and for them not to take it personal. Like he said, it's not something directed towards the other person. It's more of protecting yourself. And that's, I think, the hard part. I think some people struggle, especially with self-esteem. I think boundaries get wrapped up in self-esteem. Um, people feel they're, they may not be worthy. Uh, they may not, you know, be valued. They may not value themselves enough to set a boundary. But setting a boundary is is really caring about yourself, caring about you, and really a great way to do self-care, to be honest. Uh, so when we're talking about people who may be uncomfortable, what advice do you have for somebody who, who might be uncomfortable setting a boundary? How would you tell them to get started? Try to look at the benefits of setting boundaries. Um, look at how you're feeling now and then picture yourself how you would feel with boundaries and see if the differences are worth it. And if they are, go for it and set that boundary so that you can improve yourself and improve your relationships. It's not worth trying to being afraid of setting boundaries and letting yourself go into downward spiral spiral as well as your relationship um, in terms of your self-esteem and um, because, causing yourself burnout by staying in a certain situation without the boundaries necessary to help improve it. I think it's important to reflect and self-reflect and be like, why am I uncomfortable with this? What is what is the deeper issue of me being uncomfortable? Is it being scared of her, hurting someone else's feelings? Is it because I don't want to put this situation in risk? Um, I think from that, you could stem, like Mohammed said, weighing out your odds and kind of going forward to setting that boundary, um, which is important. In short, self-reflection is something you should do before setting the boundary and why it might make you uncomfortable. That's a really, really good point. And I, and I appreciate the, the idea that there's, there's gotta be this piece of, of really understanding this is something you're doing for you. Um, There's benefit for other people, but it's something that you're doing for you and that's okay. So as we start to wrap up in what has been a, a wide ranging conversation about boundaries, um, what last thoughts, what final thoughts do you want to give to people as we as we kind of wrap up that you want people to take away today? Probably just that boundaries don't need to be super extensive or advanced. They can be simple, um, everyday things such as, hey, I don't uh, want to talk about this. I don't want to go out to this place. I don't want to do this. I don't like how you're pressuring me to do this thing. Uh, simple words like that are boundaries that can go a long way to help you and your relationships with others. And I know I've said that many times, but it is truly important to recognize the importance of setting boundaries and not letting yourself ignore them uh, and be in situations where you could use them and you wish that you did use them. Yeah, I would add to that, that it's beneficial to you and don't shy away from making boundaries at all because they're there to make it better for yourself and improve the situation that you're in. Um, because you never want to look back on the situation and be like, I wish I would have said something. 
So say it now and make it clear what you want to happen. Well, Eralda and Muhammad, I want to thank you so much for spending time today talking with me about boundaries, talking with our listeners about how to set boundaries um, and sharing your very own personal stories. That's part of what's so important about Talk To Be Well is this is a safe space to share our own stories so that maybe our listeners will feel safe to share theirs as well. I want to uh, tell our listeners that if you're looking for any information about mental health, healthcare, or other issues, you can find any of those types of pieces of information on our website at providence.org. And for parents, students, educators, administrators, or anybody who wants to know more about mental health, please check us out at worktobewell.org. That's work, the number two, bewell.org. This has been just such a great episode talking about setting boundaries today. I want to, again, thank my two National Student Advisory Council members for joining us here today. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, and this has been Talk to Be Well. Be well, everybody. (laughs) 